Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Agenda. I'm Jen Golbeck. And I'm Jen Coleslaw. And this is where we talk about Jen-based things. This week, we're talking about hot dogs. Yes, this is our hot dog episode. And I, I've been waiting for this episode for two years. <laughs> I, it always surprises me because I come to you sometimes with ideas about things and you're like, I've been waiting for you to bring that idea to me. And I was like, the idea literally just occurred to me. How could you be waiting? But I'm not surprised. This is not the first time that's happened. I know, because well, I have a, a, a vault in my brain of <laughs> things that I can't talk about with just anybody, and yet I can talk about them with you, but I don't want to overpower you with all of my vault things, yeah. and so I wait for you to come to me with them. Well, I, th I think I appreciate it, though. Feel free to bring any of the most interesting ones to me. Okay. I don't know if the hot dogs would be one of those. Um, <laughs> so we have a, a hot dog based agenda for today. Um, and, and I guess the first thing on it is that it is the anniversary of the waffles hot dog adventure. Yes. So five years ago today, Ben and I were, well, we, let's go back a few days. Mm -hmm. Ben and I took waffles who we had just adopted from, um, it, we, we think that he was actually one of those laboratory beagles. Mm -hmm. um, and so he had no socialization and he was afraid of everything. In fact, he's still afraid of the ceiling fan. Um, <laughs> Wait, really? Uh, oh, yeah. He, he's afraid of everything um, except, except food. He does love food because uh, he is a beagle. Um, yeah. And we took him on his very first road trip down to see Ben's parents in rural North Carolina. And they live right on the edge of the Great Dismal Swamp. And um, we had had waffles more than three months. And we were just getting to know him. And we he hated the car ride more than anything. And we get down there. And the very next morning, Ben is out walking him on the leash. Because we know enough not to let him off leash. Yeah. And he just very casually backs out of his collar. Oh, no. And he's gone and and he was gone for three days and he oh was in the great dismal swamp and we could see him a lot of the time because we were camped out in the swamp i don't know how we didn't get malaria <laughs> um but he wouldn't come to us and um it was really traumatic. We didn't think we were ever going to get him back. We thought he was just going to live in the swamp forever until oh. a chupacabra got him. Oh. We got the animal control officer involved. We bought a, a raccoon trap because he's a small beagle. He's a 13-inch beagle. And we baited it every night. But somebody in that community must have thought we were trying to trap feral cats that she was feeding. And she kept oh. tripping the trap. Man. And so we'd get up there and we'd find waffles like trying to eat the food in the trap, but it had been tripped already oh. and he'd run off. Oh, this, so we, this is such a nightmare. So we put a note on it and we said, look, we were just trying to catch our dog and we were all over the Facebook pages and next door. And, you know, we went door to door through the, <laughs> excuse me, the entire community. And we, we just... Finally, on this day, 
we had bait Ben had gone up at like three o'clock in the morning and had baited the trap one more time with a day old hot dog from Fourth of July. <laughs> and we had to be back because Ben had to work the, that next day that that day um, he ha- he had something he couldn't get out of. We had to go back. And so we were my in-laws were on the case. All the neighbors were involved. The animal control officer was involved. Um, we, I had search parties from my Red Sox message board that were like ready to start driving down in shifts to start Whoa. looking for him from like Boston. And we, Ben went up there. The trip, the trap hadn't been tripped. He met the animal control officer up there, t- told him we were leaving. It was the whole thing. Um, Ben came home and picked me up and I was just bereft. Yeah. And I honestly wasn't sure I was ever going to be able to forgive Ben because he was just not paying. Mm -hmm. He was the one walking the the dog. And we drove up there and on our way out of town. And I said, let's just go by one more time. And we drove up there and I looked down the trail and there he was. Mm in the trap looking about three inches tall yeah (laughs) and we texted the in-laws and said we're on our way home and then um we we brought him back to the house we gave him a bath and he was fine and he has never gone anywhere now without like a four-point harness and a (laughs) no-slip leash and he's like Hannibal Lecter um Uh, whenever we go anywhere, but now we always celebrate this day with day old hot dogs. Oh, that's lovely. So that is the story of Waffles and his great adventure. And, and the, the general wisdom is that he, cause he was never very far away. Mm-hmm. We could almost always see him, you know, 500 yards away you know, a hundred yards away, he just would just never come to us. And if we even made a step towards him, he'd just run away. The feeling was that, that he, he somehow figured out we were leaving and that it was game over. Oh. And so he got in the, he got in the trap. Well, I am glad you got him back. This is like a nightmare of mine. Like a dog gets out like that and, and then you have to leave and you don't have them back. Like it, it would drive me. I would go insane. I would like my brain would break if I had and to do that. I don't know how I would have gotten over that. Yeah. If we never got him back. Yeah. I don't know how. I mean, I am a grudge holder. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I forgive, but I never forget. So I really don't forgive. And uh, I think that I would have had a really hard time with that. And so I'm, for Ben's sake, I am glad that Waffles saved his ass yeah. uh, by getting in that trap. And, um, and, and now we're just, we're super careful. My in-laws are, and my in-laws have, we never went back to that house again. My in-laws moved away. I mean, not for that reason, but they moved away. And now whenever we visit, my father-in-law does this thing called riding the fences where he checks to make sure there's no open area where the dog can get out. I like it. And I mean, it's been five years. You'd think that if Waffles got out, he'd come back, but he's a beagle. Mm-hmm. Like they range, like they, he would follow his nose. Yeah. So, so that's my, that's my big hot dog story. 
I have I mean, some that... hot dog adjacent stories to go along with the rest of the <laughs> podcast, but that's my big hot dog story. I I mean, I can't top that. I have hot dog adjacent stories also, <laughs> but uh, man, like that is a pretty dramatic one. I will share my little one, which leads into a news story that you put on the agenda, um, which is also from this time of year. So Ingo and I got married in um, 2014 on July 7th. So coming up right Thursday, I guess is our anniversary. And we got married down here in the Keys at uh, Little Palm Island, which is a resort that we still go out to. We were there last week and we came it took Ingo a long time to propose. We did a whole story about this on the Golden Ratio podcast. Um, he had said he wanted to get married. And he's like, but I really want to like do a you know proper proposal. And I was like, I do not need this in my life. How about we just do this? And he's like, no, no, no. This really matters to me. And nine months go by. And I'm like, did you mean it that you really want to get married? Because... Because, like, you keep saying, yes, you want to, but, like, you want to do this proper proposal. I, by the way, had proposed to Ingo about a year into our relationship. Yeah. Were you, like, and tapping your watch? Seriously. I had proposed about a year in, and he said no. And so about three years in, two and a half years in, is when he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I really do want to, but I want to do this proposal. And I was like, okay. And then I'm like, mm-hmm. Like you said in, you know, whatever, November, that you wanted to do this. And, like, every major event, you know, holiday, birthday, Christmas, New Year's goes by. I'm like, what the hell is he planning? And, uh it comes to like the end of May and we were out for dinner and he still hadn't proposed. And I decided to break up with him. I went into the bathroom at dinner and I was like, because I was like, is he going to do it now? I mean, every time we went out, I was like, is he going to do it now? Is he going to do it now? And, uh, and he didn't. And I went into the bathroom at Did Zitania. you crawl out the window? You should have crawled out the window. If there were a window, I might have. I was just like, I'm done with this. Like, this is stupid. He obviously has lied to me. And it's like, I'd be okay if he didn't want to get married, but this whole like lying about it. So to like get me off his case, like that's a bunch of bullshit and I don't like it. Uh, I'm out. So I was like, we're going to finish this date tonight. And then, you know, we will have an adult conversation about this tomorrow, but I'm done. And then he proposed that night, like we had dinner and then we went out to cocktails and he proposed at the cocktail place. And I was like, man, are you lucky? Like you brought it in, like just, just under the wire. Um, so that was the very end of May and we already had a vacation booked to little Palm Island in July. And, and, um, we had talked about like, maybe we'll do in, we both had been married before. So maybe we'll do a little wedding in Las Vegas. Like your parents can come. My parents can come. And I called my mom and I was like, so we got engaged. And she's like, oh, and I said, you know, we're thinking about maybe around Thanksgiving, we'll get married in Las Vegas. And my mom goes, do we have to come? And I said, nope, you sure don't. And I was like, okay, well, that's not happening. Uh, so why don't we just get married on vacation that we already have planned? So we were engaged for like six weeks and then got married. Um, and so we are on our way down to the island for vacation. And it was the 4th of July that we went there, which I know because the hot dog hot dog eating contest was happening so we flew into Miami and then we drove the kind of two hours down to this island and we stopped at um like Don Shula's burger joint in you know the upper keys to have lunch before we got there and the hot dog eating contest was on tv 
and I knew, you know, it's always in the news. I knew this was a thing, but I had never seen it before. And I watched it and it goes on forever. You just informed me it was 10 full minutes. I was so nauseated watching these guys just, you know, if it was like a two minute hot dog eating contest, I think I would have been okay. But for 10 minutes, I was just like, I can't actually eat my Shula burger because like this is the grossest thing I've ever seen. Just 10 full minutes of these guys doing this. Um, but now the Nathan's hot dog, hot dog eating contest is kind of permanently seared into the memory of my wedding vacation trip because it was like the kickoff was watching that on TV. That is kind of bonkers. <laughs> yep, it is. So it's not like a great hot dog story, but it is a thing I always think of with hot dogs is sitting in there on my way to get married, watching those guys on TV eat hot dogs. You know, there used to be a Don Shula's in Providence and they had the best mashed potatoes. Oh, interesting. They, I think it was like, a steakhouse, right? And this yep. was like their burger side venture, which is not there. Now it's a, a restaurant called Chow Hound, like Italian Chow, Chow oh. Hound, which I haven't been to. Um, but we used to go to the, yeah, Shula's like burger, whatever. Um, they made a really great veggie burger, tasty French fries. I'm not yeah. surprised they had good mashed potatoes. Yeah, they're mashed. But sometimes I, we, we would just go and get mashed potatoes. I've done and, that. And cocktails. Yes. Yeah. That sounds really nice. That's a yeah. good date. But yeah, the so the thing about the um, the hot dog eating contest is that um, Joey Chestnut always wins it, and he won it again yesterday. Mm -hmm. And he ate uh, sixty five hot dogs in ten minutes, and they oh. eat the buns too. Yeah, and they like dunk them in is water. That's oh, so gross. That <laughs> is just so gross. Like I couldn't even eat one damp hot dog, <laughs> and I love hot dogs, right? And I was reading this story after I sent it. The, Jen and I keep a Google Doc of all of our topics. And after I sent it, I was reading it through. And they were talking to people who were there to watch the hot dog eating contest and how many of them could not bring themselves to eat hot dogs after they watched that. Like they yeah. got to the head of the line to order hot dogs and they just got French fries. Yeah. <laughs> they, were so, they were so horrified. But there's a really great... Um, John Green had this great podcast called The Anthropocene Reviewed, and he turned it into a book called The Anthropocene Reviewed. And he actually does a piece on the um, Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest, mostly about how it, it gets covered on ESPN mm -hmm. and how it's like a whole weird sports thing and that the announcer... Um, I highly recommend everyone listen to it. You can hear it on all of the podcast spot, uh, platforms and just search for the hot dog episode. It's only 20 minutes long. But it's really interesting because they talk about the... He talks about how the the person who does the announcing is so over the top that it's like... It's almost lyrical, but ridiculous. <laughs> I don't remember ever listening to the announcing part of it. That is actually the best part. Oh, all right. So um, I, I, I recommend listening to that little piece <laughs> about, about it, about how um, 
that it, it comes up on ESPN on the 4th of July and that people who are normally used to watching like football or basketball or hockey has just ended like they don't know what to do with this information because it's so <laughs> bonkers. Uh, but it's a it's a really it's a good little story, so I highly recommend it. I'll um, put it on my list. One of the things that I was sitting here thinking is, what could I eat sixty five of in ten minutes? It's such and, a good question. And I have a short list: M and M's. I was just going to say M and M's would be my number one. Um, maybe gummy bears. But I think that I would be sorry because they would make a one giant gummy bear oh, in my belly yeah. in like an hour. And then that would be problematic. Mm -hmm. um, peanuts. I could yeah, probably eat 65 shelled. peanuts. Yeah, shelled. Pre-shelled, yeah. yep, yep. Um, maybe cherry tomatoes. Mm, that's a lot. Okay. Yeah, that's about 10 minutes, you know. Um, yeah. Raw peas. For sure. Shelled raw peas. I like yeah. raw peas. Um, so those were just a few of the things. What about, what What do you, what could you eat? Besides M&M's, what could you eat 65 of in? Popcorns. Oh, oh yeah, popcorn. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. That'd um, be easy. Yep. Um, chocolate chip. chips. I probably did that yesterday, though that's basically <laughs> an M&M. I was making chocolate chip cookies yesterday and I, we had, we of course have discussed the best chocolate chips to use. And, uh, I had them put a bag of Ghirardelli, or I guess you're supposed to say Ghirardelli milk chocolate chips in my cart. In addition to the ones I was using for the cookies, just so I could try them. Cause I really like their milk chocolate and the milk chocolate chips absolutely lived up to my expectations. So I ate quite a lot of those out of the bag. Um, yeah, I don't, so I wait now, know. are you are you now changing your position on what the best chocolate chip is? No, I don't think I would cook with them. Like they're they're too big. They're bigger than the okay. Nestle chocolate chips. So I think they'd be like too much. I don't like big chunky chunk no. chocolates in there. Uh, but they're real tasty for a snack. Okay. Yeah. Blueberries. I could eat sixty five yeah. blueberries. Blueberries. Oh, I, most types of berries, not strawberries. I think that'd be too many. But, th but the little berries of many types. Cherries. Somebody just sent me um, a box of Oregon cherries. I know. I was thinking about you because you were writing about this. Uh, it was not like 10 pounds of cherries. It was like one pound of cherries. But it was half like the Rainier cherries, which are kind mm. of the yellowish ones. And then half of like the dark kind of black cherries. Uh, man, are they good. Yes, We they still are. have some in the fridge. I just um, bought eight pounds of cherries to make my boozy cherries. Wow. I love your boozy Joe's. cherries so much. Yeah. 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 Uh, Jen calls them, makes great boozy cherries. And she's given me several jars of them. And I just have decided one jar of them is dessert. So I sit down like with a fork and just eat the entire <laughs> jar. I've done it several times. Now, did I send good. you the brandied one or the one soaked in vodka or both? Brandied. Yeah, I think they were all brandy. Yeah. Okay, you like the, that flavor? I do. Yeah. Okay. That's really good. <laughs> yeah, they are. They're super easy too, and they are one of those gifts that people think are really fancy, and they're so easy. Don't tell anyone, but they're really easy to make. As long as you keep me in supply every time you make some, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> they're so good. <laughs> okay, noted. Um. All right. Okay. I like this topic. I'm gonna. You caught me off guard with it. Oh, French fries. Definitely oh. could eat 65 french fries. 
in 10 minutes. Maybe not waffle fries. I don't think I could eat that many waffle fries. No. Because those are too big. But mm -hmm. definitely shoestring fries. Yeah. Yeah. The regular kind. I could probably eat 65 curly fries too, even though those oh. are much bigger than the regular ones. Yeah. I've e yeah. I think I could. All okay. right. Noted. All right. This is good. Okay. Um, we might need to try that sometime. We'll, <laughs> next time we get together, we can just bring just foods that we think we can eat 65 of in 10 minutes. We'll have like a little buffet. <laughs> Would it count if it makes it match by like 10 M&Ms and 10 peanuts and 10 French fries? So it added up to 65 total, like 65 things from the buffet in 10 minutes, even though they're not all the same. I don't know. Maybe we could ask our listeners to put together the buffet items and then we could eat 65 things from that <laughs> i like it and this that is way be if, good. if it was things that we don't like we could just eat the 65 m&ms yeah <laughs> which sounds great actually that sounds like a good time because really i could eat almost all the kinds of m&ms peanut yeah. m&ms peanut butter m&ms um, mm -hmm. regular M&Ms. I like those ones that are Rice Krispie M&Ms. Those are really good. Yes. Those are good to bake with too. I do a, an exercise in my class where I'm teaching students about like ANOVAs and T-tests, like my statistics class. And, uh, I buy them, I buy like bags of M&Ms for everyone and they have to count their M&Ms and then count them by color. Um, and they're allowed to eat some along the way, but they have to count them first. And then um, we do that to see, like, you know, for everybody who got the plain M&Ms, like, how many M&Ms were in your thing? And what's the color distribution? Like, let's do some statistical tests to see which colors are most common. And uh, I do this with, like, graduate students, like, master's and PhD students. And it's still, like, their favorite class because they're so happy <laughs> that they just get a bag of M&Ms and they can eat the data when they're well, done. Well, that's it. I mean, that's a great, that's the, a better way for me to learn math. Like, I think I've said a couple of times that I'm really bad at math because it's it's too um, esoteric for me. But when I have actual things that I can count, it's a lot easier for me to understand. And so when I did my graduate level statistics class for my public administration degree, I had a friend who was really good with taking the material and and turning it around in a way that and he re he retaught it to me in a way that I could understand by giving me tangible things. Yeah, and the only way I could have uh, passed that class was with his help. It I th I think it helps a lot, and you know I think some people who like the more theoretical maybe find it a little childish, but you still get M and M's, so that's right. You got nothing to complain about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. All right. The next item on the agenda, um, we actually have two. Hot dog related controversies. Um, hot dog, is it a sandwich? And hot dog, ketchup or no ketchup? So <clears throat> I had sent you an article from the Atlantic from a couple of years ago, which kind of definitively said a hot dog is not a sandwich and this is why. And it had come up with what they called a, um, a sandwich index, which were three... Um, excuse me, four points which makes something qualify as a sandwich. They are that it has to uh, consist of two exterior pieces of carbohydrates. Mm -hmm. So that would be the bread. Um, the whole assembly has to be a horizontal construction. 
Mm-hmm. So it can't, so it mostly has to sit flat on the plate. Um, and it has to be fundamentally portable. Um, why is that only three? It said four, but it says three. Oh, two exterior pieces that are mostly separate, and those pieces are carbohydrates. I so see. those are the two. Okay. Yeah. So my question is then if. If that's a sandwich, then is a quesadilla a sandwich? I was just going to say a quesadilla would count then. And like a crunch wrap supreme, highly portable from Taco Bell. I would not call it a sandwich, personally. No, neither would I. Or what about, a, um, um, you know, anything that's, well, I was going to say an omelet. I mean... I guess and I guess that's an eggs eggs aren't really a carbohydrate they're a protein so that doesn't really count but yeah but, but so they won't count like a lettuce like the the Atkins people who have like lettuce instead of buns no I think they just don't count those people at all mm. I mean I'm not one of those people and I think it's a little wacky I mean eat whatever you want but it right. makes me a little sad but I don't know they should still count as a sandwich I think. Yeah, I, I I agree. I think a hot dog is a sandwich. I, I also disagree with the Atlantic. I also count a hot dog as a sandwich. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we are agreed on that. And if people want to come at us, I'm we'll ready. Just mute them. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. <laughs> Take your chances. Okay, so then the next the next controversy is ketchup or no ketchup. Yep. Now you're not a hot dog person. Well, I'm a vegetarian. Veggie dogs. Okay. Yeah. Um, used to, pre, in my pre-vegetarian days, very much loved a Wrigley Field hot dog or two oh, man, with a baseball game. You know. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, I'm definitely not anti-hot dog. Just like my hot dog world is a little narrower these days. Okay. But um enjoy them a veggie dog yeah 100 percent would eat so i used to put ketchup on hot dogs well all right let's i i am an onion i have layers mm -hmm. so i used to <laughs> not put anything on anything because i was oh. such a fussy eater Interesting. Right? like nothing on nothing yeah and then i would put a little ketchup on a hot dog and then ketchup and relish on a hot dog and now it's just relish interesting and I think it's because I often get food on my clothes. Ah, uh, yes. Because I'm a little bit of a messy eater. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that I, I find that I am putting things on my food that don't stain my clothes as much. <laughs> I mean, I like the strategic aspect of this. Um, I, I do not like relish on anything in any form. I'm not a relish fan. Um, I very much like ketchup on my hot dogs. If I only could put one thing on my hot dogs, it would be ketchup. I also put it on bratwurst, which I'm pretty sure is like some sort of cardinal sin for some group. I'm surprised they let you into Germany. I know. I don't tell them that. To be fair, if I'm in Germany, uh, they don't make vegetarian bratwurst in Germany anyway, but... If they did, I would not put ketchup on it out of, like, cultural respect. Mm -hmm. um, but I also grew up in Chicago, which has a very intense hot dog culture. And uh, ketchup is 
considered not allowed and you would be made fun of, which I was, and I don't care. I think it's really good on hot dogs. What so. about on eggs? Mm-mm. No, me either. No. I don't understand that whole thing. I don't I, even know where that came from. I don't understand it either. I, You know, burgers, yes. Dipping for french fries, yes, though I don't need it. Um, that's about it, though. I don't think I put it on anything else. What about I mean, vinegar on french fries? Not a fan. I mean, I like vinegar generally, not on my french fries. What about you? Okay. I do like them on my french fries, but mm. only at the, like, country fair. Oh, interesting. Is it like the the Canadian way of put like the malted vinegar, not just yes. like white vinegar? Yeah. Right. The, yes, right. exactly. Yeah. Yep. yep. I respect okay. it. Yep. Okay. All, all right. right. We're Good. covering a lot of ground today. We we are. We're hitting all the, all the important all social the issues. All the hits. All right. I'm looking and the rest of our agenda appears to be news related items. And they're um, all really good, though. They <laughs> they are. And so we can start with with just desserts, which has kind of made its way to being people throwing food items at other people, which was the whole point. <laughs> so this is a Florida man one. Uh, a few people sent this to me. It is from uh, July 3rd, 2022. So this is like breaking news. Pinellas County, Florida, uh, a Newport Richie man was arrested on a felony charge Saturday after authorities said he threw a hot dog at an officer who was warning him of violating a city ordinance. I'm kind of surprised hot dog tossing is a felony. He got well, what was the, what was, I'm, I'm not looking at the article. What was the um, ordinance he was violating? Eating a hot dog in public? Officer said Jason Stoll, 47, of Newport Ridgie, ignored the warnings and continued to sell hot dogs in the roadway oh. Saturday around 12 a.m. after his street closure permit ended. Stroll was asked to put the hot dog down, but the 30 said he continued his attempt to sell it. Put the hot dog down, sir. Uh, he then became, ex quote, extremely upset before he intentionally threw the hot dog at the officer. The officer was in full police uniform. I don't know. I don't know why that's like full tactical anti-hot dog gear. <laughs> oh, he was charged with battery on a law enforcement officer. That and resist seems, That seems extreme. <laughs> I'm sorry. Resisting an officer without violence. If convicted, he could face a minimum of three years in jail. That's not necessary, you guys. I know. I mean, a hot dog. A hot dog vendor. Yeah, his permit expired. So he's selling street hot dogs. It was past the time that he was supposed to stop. He tossed a hot dog at a cop. And he's if he gets this convicted on this felony, three years in jail, that is unnecessary. We should find this guy and get him on our podcast. <laughs> All right, I'll look him up since he's some, a local. Some hot dog follow-up. <laughs> this is the kind of stuff our listeners are going to come to depend on us for. Yeah, I mean, the deep journalism. Yes, yes. All right. The deep dives. So the story that I had written down, you normally do the recipes to go with the just desserts, um, but I thought I would share one. I am a vegetarian, and I'm a vegetarian who likes commercially made uh, meat substitute products. Love a veggie burger, Beyond Burgers, delish. Morningstar bacon, I eat it every day on a sandwich with some cheddar cheese. Like, I'm a fan of fake meat products. Um, so I'm fine with a commercially made veggie dog if I were in the mood for one, but there's a food truck in college park that comes to campus sometimes and they make 
carrot dogs like a vegan hot dog and they're made out of carrots and they're very tasty so i decided to try to make them uh this weekend and i sent you a picture yesterday (laughs) and what did i say you said it looked you thought i was maybe in the hospital getting a blood transfusion (laughs) Uh, (laughs) it must have showed up really small because it was not a red marinade for the carrots it was was just a thumbnail when i opened it up i could tell it was carrots (laughs) in like barbecue sauce yeah, you make, it's actually, there's like 30 ingredients that go into the marinade. So you boil your carrots and uh, and then you put them in this marinade and it's like soy sauce based and it's got like garlic and onion powder and liquid smoke and maple syrup. And uh, I got to say, like when I tasted the marinade, it the first thing it reminded me of was hot dog, mm. like uh, pretty impressively. Um, so you marinate the the boiled cooked carrots in that for like four to six hours and then you grill them i actually cooked mine in my panini press because it's the only thing i have with grill lines right now um and it it was quite tasty actually and when i was looking around for recipes um for carrot dogs someone's like and the toppings are really important so what you should do is make a macaroni and cheese carrot dog so carrot like that in a hot dog bun topped with macaroni and cheese. Uh, I had Publix send me smoked Gouda mac and cheese like from their prepared food section. And I put that on the top and it was extremely delicious. So I did I eat the totally, whole thing. I would eat that. I would yeah. eat that in a New York minute. I wouldn't, I don't know if I could eat 65 of them in 10 <laughs> no. New York minutes, but I would definitely try that because it sounds really good. It was very tasty. I ate more of the mac and cheese when I was done. Um, I have a picture. I took a picture of the mac and cheese carrot dog. So I'll send it. You can put it up on the socials. Okay. Um, Did you write out the recipe so I can post? I will. I'll send it to you. Um, it's, it's very easy. Like as long as you have the stuff and it's no, it's like not one of these marinades with like weird ingredients. Like most people will have all this stuff in the pantry. I think I was missing. Oh, it calls for the water from a jar of pickled jalapenos, which I think is a great idea. And I had a jar of pickled jalapenos that I used to make nachos like two weeks ago. And I don't know if I got rid of it. I couldn't find it. So I just left that out and it was still fine. The water from a jar of pickled jalapenos sounds like something that you get when you go on a mythic quest. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if anybody (laughs) encounters any on their own mythic quests, uh, keep it if you decide to make carrot dogs. Um, but yes, they do deserve a good recipe card and, uh, okay. and I'll send it to you. It's, it's send it to me. Easy. I'll make one up. Awesome. Um, so there you go. That's, that's just desserts on our podcast. Um, do you want, so we've got one, two, three, four more stories. Do you want to read any of these or do you just want me to take them all? And then you, you take them all. Cause I don't have them up on my, on my screen. Cause I, as I said, I, I write, I print out our notes and then I write all over them. So I don't forget to say anything funny. Yes. Um, but I do have something to add to, to our next story. Uh, the hot dog ice cream story? Yes. Yeah, okay. So hot hot dog ice cream, question mark? It's a thing. It's social ice cream shop in Prospect Park. I don't know where the uh, Prospect Park is. New York, probably. Uh, an ice cream yeah. shop in Prospect Park created a special ice cream flavor to celebrate, oh, New York Magazine's Hot Dog Week. The custom flavor is made with a buttered bun base and chunks of Nathan's caramelized beef hot dogs in recognition of the hot dog eating contest, the previously discussed hot dog eating contest. So there you go. So I uh, have a, 
I, I touched on this in my um, my mini pod last week about creative ice cream flavor day. Yeah. Which was last week sometime, July 1st, maybe. Um, my sister and I, we used to go to this old fashioned ice cream place um, when we had to go to family funerals and stuff up in the Hartford area of Connecticut. It was called Morton's. And we stopped there once and she decided she was going to get um, kettle chip ice cream. Huh. And it was so awful. Oh. It was the most, you know what, because you cannot, you cannot add like greasy things to ice cream. Yeah, that makes sense. It it doesn't, it's like the science is wrong. It's bad <laughs> mojo. And I and I Catherine and I both thought that the that the oil in the kettle chip had actually gotten rancid, mm. um, but it was just the worst thing either one of us have ever tried. Oh, that's and, sad. And it, it was easily twenty years ago, and we're still talking about it. <laughs> it was the first thing I thought of when I saw that that was a food holiday. I was like. <gasps> I have a story for that. Um, and, and, and every now and then she will go out for ice cream and we'll joke about how there's no kettle chip ice cream on the menu. It was, it was so wrong. And I was reminded that when I, I used to work at Brown as a sec Brown university as a secretary, and there was a sandwich shop up the street. And one of the other secretaries worked there part-time because of course we only got paid like $14,000 a year yeah. back in the, <laughs> in the turn of the century. And um, she said that, that they would come up with the worst sounding sandwiches they could. And whoever, if, if someone bought the sandwich, they got like a $50 bonus. <laughs> um, and so it was like ham and peanut butter panini oh. or like banana and tuna fish with oh. melted Gouda. Like they would just come up with the craziest sandwich. There'd be one crazy sandwich on the menu. And I have, I think that that was that ice cream. Oh, I mean, I am not like a sweet and salty fan. I mean, it's fine, but it's like not my thing, but I could see like maybe crushed kettle chips, like on top of ice cream, if that's your thing. But I, I can think of a lot of ways it would go bad in the ice cream. And I didn't even think about the fat. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't know exactly the how the chemistry worked there, mm -hmm. but there was something really wrong about the the kettle corn, the kettle chip. It wasn't kettle corn. It was kettle, it was it was those it was like those kettle chips, right? Yeah. So they were extra crunchy, but they weren't anymore cuz they had been in ice cream. That's part of it. And it had just just thinking about it makes me Get all, I'm like, I'm, if you could see me, I'm cringing. Jen can see me, but you can't see me. I'm like going, Ugh. Anyway. Do you, uh, do you ever make ice cream yourself? No, I don't believe in homemade ice cream. Oh, interesting. I don't think it's one of those things that, um, I don't believe is as good at home as it is commercially. I, I have made much homemade ice cream and profoundly agree. It's, it's, it's never, it's never creamy. It's often gritty. It's either icy. It's, it's doesn't freeze up well enough and i have tried many different kinds of making ice cream and i just i don't believe in it i think they get higher quality and 
and like less modified cream that they must use in it. Because if you buy heavy cream, like at the grocery store, it has stabilizers in it. Right. You can't just buy it like straight up cream. I've even tried to get it from um, South Mountain Creamery who like delivers milk like there's a milkman that when we were in maryland full-time we had it they'll deliver milk to your house into a milk box just like my grandma had and i've tried ordering theirs and it still has stabilizers in it which i i'm sure is necessary for something but i bet if you're making cream-based stuff like at a commercial facility you don't get it with the stabilizers well and i think too some of the better ice creams have egg in them mm-hmm and I don't think that a lot of the homemade ice creams include egg for no. salmonella purposes. And so I think that it's just it's just one of those things that it's I just don't even bother. It's with. a pain in the ass. Like to make a custard base mm-hmm. for anything is a pain in the ass, let alone ice cream where it's like, or I could not put the custard base in there. I always and skipped some, it. Some things I think are, are so much better homemade. Like, you know, I make a lot of things mm-hmm. and, and I think that some of my recipes are so much better than anything I've ever had. And, and that's just not me being boastful. Ice cream is not one of them. Yeah. Uh, also, um, pie crust. I, I, I'm, I'm a terrible pie crust maker. Um, the best I can do is like the dry pr- pie crust that you just add a little bit of water and a little bit of butter too and you try not to overhandle it i can handle that but um uh, no no i I feel better about this because i make a lot of pies a lot of pies i make a great graham cracker crust but like a pastry pie crust mm, i've made some that are okay but they're never great i can never make it great and much prefer to just buy one yeah there's a woman at my farmer's market sue from Sue's Pies, love her. And her pie crusts are so good because she continues to use a little bit of lard. Oh, yeah. And um, and and they're they're different, you yeah. know? I mean, it's a whole different texture. It's, it's one of the reasons why our grandmother's pies were different. Well, not my grandmother's because she was a terrible baker, but, um, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, anyway, but no, yeah. I, I don't believe in some things are not made home homemade no Mm-mm. yep i'm with you there okay. is somebody did uh, and well I'll, I'll leave it at this somebody did a whole series on like should you make this at home or buy it i don't know if it was in the new york times maybe it was somebody's blog but i just remember them going ketchup like don't bother right like, buy it at this store and people who make their own butter yeah come on <laughs> Like some things are just, you know, just buy it. Just buy it. It lasts longer because it does have a little bit of, of preservative in it. And it's made in like proper sterile conditions, unlike right. our kitchens. Right. Yeah. Certainly unlike my kitchen. Okay. <laughs> um, All right. Relevant to current news, um, though I don't know if this is a current story. It is. This is also hot from dogs. J- <laughs> Hot dog business offers free milkshakes to men who get a vasectomy. <laughs> a Nashville, Tennessee, a Nashville, Tennessee gourmet hot dog spot, Daddy's Dogs, is offering customers a unique incentive for a form of birth control: get a vasectomy, earn a free milkshake. The deal is called—I hadn't read this. I just picked this for the headline. The deal is called Snip for Shake. <laughs> 
inspired by the recent Supreme Court decision. If you bring in a doctor's note, you get the offer. <laughs> I, I like that. Although, you know, considering how protective dudes are in that whole vicinity, mm-hmm. um, I might offer like a month of milkshakes. I mean, that's fair. Like just one? Yeah. Like, I think you need to sweeten the pot, as it were, a little bit um, and say, you know, a month of milkshakes or a milkshake a month for a year. Like, I would contribute to that if it meant that guys went and got vasectomies. I mean, maybe you could, like, it just says any man who provides a doctor's note confirming the procedure can get in on the offer. So maybe you can just keep coming back, like, at um, Krispy Kreme with your COVID vaccination card, right? Yeah, that would be good. They, their milkshakes come in vanilla, chocolate, strawberry, and you can add in Oreos or Fruity Pebbles. Mm. Eh. Okay, just, I mean, I'm I, not a... I, you know what? Yeah. Crunchy things and milkshakes, they cease to be milkshakes. That may have to be a topic at some point. Yeah, I think that's... We've got milkshakes in the Just Desserts, so there could be a milkshake-oriented episode. You might have to have a milkshake episode. Yep. Okay, well, there okay. you go. There's that one. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. This one, um, hot dog, water, hard seltzer. Like, like why? Well, like, that's another thing that you don't need to add grease to. Like ice cream. <laughs> if you're in or near Fort Worth, Texas, you could come across the newest hard seltzer from Martin House Brewing Company, Bun length, that's the name, bun length, a hot dog flavored hard seltzer made from the leftover water from 52 pounds of boiled hot dogs. No, thank you. No. Like Um, one, Texas, two, hot dog seltzer. Like, like I love seltzer and the whole, it's, it's whole greatness is how refreshing and clean it is. Yeah, and if you add a layer of hot dog grease to that, suddenly it's not. <laughs> well, Jen, you'll also be interested to know that this same place also makes Space Pizza beer, which is beer that contains tomatoes and oregano, and they make a mustard and pickle beer, and a barbecue sauce beer. So apparently, it's their thing. Yeah, I think that that's a place we don't need to ever go to. I agree. Like, I applaud their ingenuity. Yeah. Maybe they'll hit on a good one someday. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Okay. Okay, the last item um, is by our friend, or I don't know, my friend, Johnny Sun. He's, I think we can call him our friend, friend, right? He's my friend, too. Yep. Okay. Um, So, Johnny Sun, uh, by the way, you should subscribe to his newsletter. It's really lovely. It's got like little drawings and little reflections. And he kind of did a long version of it for the New Yorker titled ways to eat a pack of 10 hot dogs and a pack of eight hot dog buns without having any extra hot dogs left over. Um, So this is from a couple weeks ago, addressing the long term problem of why is there a mismatch in number of hot dogs and number of buns? Is it a conspiracy? Maybe. Uh, So he gives you some ideas on how to do this without having to buy lots and lots of hot dogs and hot dog buns. 
one of his suggestions is that you thinly slice all of your hot dogs lengthwise so you get skinny little strips of hot dog. Keep the tops and the bottoms separate and then you evenly distribute the slices so you kind of have a bun and then a bunch of slices of hot dog and then a top bun. So that's one option. Um, another one is to tightly crush each bun into a ball, roll it out into a thin flattened disc, chop all the hot dogs and distribute evenly across the discs and then kind of eat it like a taco. Oh, I like that idea. Uh, blend all the hot dogs and hot dogs buns together until very smooth, pour into a glass and drink. So it's, it's another milkshake. Mm-hmm. Uh, slice each hot dog into four equal pieces. So you have 40 total pieces of hot dog. And then slice each hot dog bun into five equal pieces. So you have 40 pieces of hot dog bun. And then you put each little hot dog segment into each little hot dog bun segment and serve them as hors d'oeuvres. Sliders. Yeah, hot dog sliders. That's a good way to do it. Um, and he's got a sushi. Grind all the hot dogs into a rough paste. Put it into a bun disc. Yeah, none of these are good ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Just to be fair. Well, uh, hot dog sliders is a good idea. That No, that is a pretty good one. Um, there's also make a hot dog pizza with like the buns around the outside and the hot dogs kind of as pepperoni. That's interesting. Yep. But you know, let's go back for a second to whether or not a hot dog is a sandwich Mm -hmm. and say that why did have we spent so much we as a society spent so much time wondering whether a hot dog is a sandwich and instead why aren't we focused on why there's an uneven number of hot dogs and hot dog buns it's systematic I mean, like, I know we talk, it's like a joke, because, you know, it's like, it's often a trope in comedies. But like, like, that's a thing. Yep. That we can actually point to. I was thinking about this yesterday ahead of the podcast and thinking it would be a beautiful capitalist opportunity for a hot dog company, like with inflation and everything to be like, you know what, we're lowering our prices and selling eight packs of hot dogs instead of 10 packs of hot dogs. So it's going to match with your bun count. And you don't lower the price of the pack as much as you're saving by cutting out 20% of the hot dogs. So you're actually going to increase your profit margin. And people will be paying less for a pack of hot dogs. And you can say it goes right with the pack of buns. It seems like a real market failure that that hasn't happened. I feel like the marketing could be buy one, get bun free. <laughs> I mean, so does both a market and marketing fail that this hasn't yes. happened? Yeah. Um, I'm willing to give this idea away for free, maybe in exchange for like a sponsorship from a hot dog company. Yeah. Hebrew National, yeah. hit us up. Yep. Or Applegate Farms because they're um, nitrate free, which are my hot dog of choice is one without nitrates great and i bet night i bet applegate farms has a veggie dog oh they seem like they would yeah yeah I, i'm willing to forego it uh, if it were the other way around right where you had 10 buns and eight hot dogs you could use those hot dog buns for a lot of other types of sandwiches wait i think it's it's eight hot dogs and six buns oh isn't that how it goes well, now, hang on. Let me go back up to the top. Uh, this is a 10... Johnny's son is addressing the 10-pack of hot dogs in the 8-pack of hot dog buns. Huh. 
I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> having extra bread is better than having extra hot dog. I agree because you can always make, you can always stuff a hot dog bun with egg salad. Yeah, lobster like, roll or lobster roll or yep. clam strips if you eat those little garbage scours of the sea um, or whatever, um, yep. you know, um, tuna fish or whatever. Uh, and, and then you know what it is? It's a sandwich. Sure is. Sure is a sandwich. I just what are you going to do with my hips? <laughs> I'm glad we agreed on this because I feel like it would be an uncomfortable thing for the two of us to argue about. I know but it would be hard for us. We, we might have a hard time getting past this. <laughs> well, the good news is that we're both sane, rational, thoughtful people who agree that hot dogs are sandwiches. Yes. Yep. And 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 I have no problem with you putting hot dog uh, ketchup on a hot dog because I've been because I've been there. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate your empathy. And also, I just want to say thank you for bringing Johnny's son into our podcast because, um, you know, that's awfully close. John, Johnny is awfully close to Jenny and maybe we can get him on our pod. (laughs) And I have been a fan forever and he is a big fan of my cat, Pete. Oh. And when he signed one of my books, he actually signed it to Pete and drew a little picture of Pete's the one with the ear that scrunches down yeah. and that was going to be my next tattoo is that drawing that he made of Pete with his little ear because I almost bought brought Pete to his reading at politics and prose oh that's so nice but it was a really bad weather day and we thought Pete wouldn't enjoy that but the folks at the bookstore were like you can bring your cat <laughs> We, uh, so as, as you know, and, and many of our listeners probably know, I'm writing a book right now. It's almost done. Um, I know I have like two and a half chapters left to write. Um, and we hired an illustrator last week to do the beginning of chapter illustrations. Um, and I actually talked to Johnny about it and I was like, you want to do them? And he just didn't have time. So that's too bad. He can't. Um, He was very nice about it. Yeah. Well, when you and I write our big book, maybe he'll, he can illustrate our big book. Yeah. We were doing it like our book was due to the publisher August 1st. We took a couple weeks extra extension. So we've got like six weeks left, but that's a really fast time we and we were we hired the illustrator like a week ago so a super quick turnaround um we should have done it like six months ago but uh when we write our book we'll loop johnny in from the beginning yes absolutely yeah because he's the he's the cat's pajamas he's one of my favorite internet human beings yeah he's a good egg okay so um shall we wrap up with listener mailbag Yes. Uh, so you asked me questions last time. So I think I asked you questions this time. That's that is correct. All right. Uh, so I have two for you. The first one is a question for both of us. Um, and I can give a short answer if we want, but it's I really want to hear your answer. What is the most unusual or unexpected food you've eaten from the ground? Um, golly. Did you eat those any of those white chocolate chips that were in your neighborhood for so long? I, I licked them. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I'll, I'll allow I, that. I would say that's probably because I didn't know really where they had come from. I mean, mm-hmm. I've eaten like all kinds of like mushrooms and things I weren't quite sure of like where they really had come from. But definitely um, the, those, those white chocolate chips that, uh, that kind of started this whole thing where we were going to do a podcast were those yeah. white chocolate chips um, that that were on the ground for like four weeks 
that even <laughs> rodents and birds wouldn't eat. Um, I licked one because I wasn't quite sure if they were like wax melts. Yeah. And I wanted to try and make sure that I was like, are they chocolate or are they wax melts? But they were definitely not wax melts because I would have tasted that. Yep. Yep. That's a pretty what good one. What about you? Um, I think the weirdest one for me is a wintergreen lifesaver that I found oh, yeah. uh, while I was out for a run. It was one of the big ones, like in the individual wrappings. And I literally found it on the side of the road. And I have found several of these on the side of the road. Sometimes there's bugs in it, but this one was pretty fresh. And I brought it home and ate it. Um, freak dingo out. I will say that um, you actually have freaked out a lot of people on the internet too, and I was all for that. Um, When I was growing up, um, we had this little country store that was kind of unkempt. And um, every now and then my mother would stop there and buy a Heath bar. Um, You remember Heath bars? And they had two little squares. And she would, I would get one of the little rectangles and she would eat the other. And we opened it up and it had ants in it. Oh. And we just brushed the ants off and ate it <laughs> because she was not going to, she figured if she went in and got another one, it would still have ants on it because yeah. clearly that's where it came from. And they were just ants. Fair enough. So as long as the ants were gone, it wasn't from the ground, but I, but I think that's the ants were from the ground. So I think For that's sure. probably close enough. <laughs> but like we just it. brushed the ants off and ate them. <laughs> All right. uh, Question number two, a very popular one. How did you guys meet and become friends? So um, when I first moved down to Virginia, I my very first job here was in College Park where Jen teaches. And we had both had a mutual friend that was in one of those multi-level marketing groups. And we both were at the same party for I think it was Sensi, which is like one of those. uh, essential oil things there and I mean I so am, many I am not a fan of those things but I was so desperate to make friends and we found each other at this thing and we ended up sort of like we were on opposite ends of the room but we sort of caught each other's eye with disbelief that we had gotten sucked into this bullshit <laughs> and we ended up like moving closer to each other and then eventually out the door and when we sat in the kitchen and and talked and drank wine until the thing was over and then we left and i don't think i ever saw that person again but jen and i have remained friends um all this time and that was almost what eight years ago yeah i mean there's nothing quite as strong as the bond over a shared hatred of essential oil-based tupperware parties Right. And but I guess I do love Tupperware, though. Like, I like the product, but I don't like the I don't like that multi-level pyramid scheme boss babe nonsense. And uh, and and clearly you don't either. And um, and so that is the best thing that has ever come out of multi-level marketing (laughs) is our friendship. You know, I would have been more into it if it actually had been like Tupperware multi-level marketing bullshit like at least then like because that's at least useful right um I I think it's the only useful one I mean I I don't play too much in this world I've listened to some podcasts about all of them and they're really terrible and exploitative and misogynistic but like at least if I'm going I want Tupperware not peppermint oil or whatever Right. And, and yeah. I'm a fan of some essential oils, especially when I have a migraine and I use some mm-hmm. in in some um, cleaning products. 
um, because they're all natural and, you know, and I certainly have used them in, um, you know, in, I have a little diffuser, um, but, but the whole woo woo yeah. and the idea that, that you make your money by picking up other people to sell it. And then mm -hmm. they make their money by picking up other people to sell it is just so wrong. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and so, yeah, so that's how we met. Yep. And we'll never go to one of those again. We now have have like, we'll come up with a mutual excuse like, oh, I'm sorry, I have to take Jen to the uh, farmer's market. Jail. Jail. <laughs> I have to pick Jen up in jail. Well, you know, the funny thing is that, that even though I haven't seen that person, she has gone through like five different, she did the Scentsy, she's done the nail street, the nail, oh, yeah. the fingernail things, um, the LuLaRoe, um, Rodan and Fields, like she's done all of them and I get invitations to every single one of them. And, and part of me, it's like, it's like a, watching a, a train wreck. And so I don't like unfriend her or even mute her because I just want to see what next <laughs> nightmare scenario she gets involved with next. And then I update Jen about it. I was going to say like, this is literally why I got off Facebook. Cause like all I was seeing was that kind of stuff. And I was like, I can't anymore. Um, so I guess I'm glad you're like taking one for our little two person team. Stay, staying friends with her on Facebook so I get the updates. Well, I have to stay on Facebook because I, I manage a, two different work pages. And so I st have to maintain a presence, but I don't really use it except to spy on other people and then just <laughs> to share gossip with you and Ben. I mean, it's kind of legit for that, right? Well, like, yeah. 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 So... All right, everyone. Oh, wait. Do we want to uh, mention that we're recruiting gens? Yes, we do. So I have made a Google form that I will pop up on our socials, uh, which is uh, agenda with a J underscore podcast on Twitter. And if you're a gen or gen adjacent or a yens um, and you are interested in being interviewed by us on the podcast, um, we're going to start interviewing gens yes. and wins. Uh So we, it's, it's a quick little thing. It's, it just asks what your name is and sort of what your time zone is and whether you want to be, um, have us surprise you uh, by calling you up uh, or whether you want to schedule a time. Uh, and uh, if you just want to, you know, respond back, we'll start uh, combing through the, the gens. Just don't come with too much of your own agenda. Like, oh, I've got a book out and, and we'll talk about it because you will not. Like, we will have questions for you instead. All right. And you won't know what those questions are. Correct. Because <laughs> we often don't know what they are. <laughs> it's going to be such a good time. I know. We're, we're so funny. <laughs> I mean, listen, if like I was in a very bad mood before we started podcasting today, like I the dogs had me up all night and I was feeling like physically kind of crappy today. And like now I am in a very good mood. And so literally, if like that's all we do with this podcast is is like let other people listen to the one hour conversation that made me feel better. I feel like I'm coming out ahead and that's great. Oh, we definitely need sponsorships then. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we could get one of those multi-level marketing people to sponsor our podcast. Or one of those online therapy ones. Uh, yes. All right. I'm going to look up how we get like better help to, to okay. give us money. All right. I think that's a great idea. 
Okay. All right, everybody. Um, we don't have a sign-off, do we? No. All right. We, we're allowed to work on that. Maybe if anyone thinks of something funny we should say when we sign off, let us know. Yep. Follow us on the socials. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>